0: Good. So, today, we're going to go into Session 93, Love One, received August 18, 1982. Uh, you notice, or I notice, that there's a, a five-week uh, delay or five-week gap between Sessions 92 and 93. And um, it may have been some issues with Don's work. It may have been... Carla's health. There may have been some other things going on in their life there, um, but you'll see a lot, a lot more gaps between sessions as we get into the next 15 or so before the end, end of the line. <coughs> so uh, today, uh, session 93 gets into more about psychic reading. Uh, and about polarity, and polarity is really important. And so um, it's a little bit deeper pass at um, the nature of polarity in um, cosmic plan and the way of solar evolution, obviously the two paths, but, but there are other principles involved too. Uh, and then, of course, more into the archetypical mind, tarot, particularly card three, uh, catalyst of the mind, <coughs> uh, sometimes called the Empress, uh, in the Rider right Waite typical uh, terminology. So let's jump in. 93.0, the greeting. I am Ra. I greet you in the love and in the light of the one infinite creator. We communicate now. Don first asks about Carla. Could you first please give me the condition of the instrument? Ra explains, The physical complex distortions of this instrument far more closely approach what you might call the zero mark, that is, the instrument, while having no native physical energy, is not nearly so far in physical energy deficit distortions. The vital energy distortions are somewhat strengthened since the last asking. So her vital energy complex is stronger. The physical uh, energy complex is approaching zero. Um, what Ron had said is she's, while having no native physical energy, now that just means that the, the complex level is, it doesn't mean she was born with that. <clears throat> I think it just means that um, her biological, uh, biophysical physical energy field uh, like what Chinese medicine or, or holistic um, you know, Ayurveda or Chinese medicine would call Qi or Qi or the basic pranic condition or constitutional energy is really not there anymore um, is not nearly so far in physical energy deficit distortions uh, <laughs> she doesn't have distortions but she doesn't have physical energy I don't get it but Uh, it's drained down significantly. And so she's going on mental, spiritual will and vitality at that point. Don goes on, what's the position and condition of our fifth density negatively oriented visitor? Ross said, this entity is with this group but in a quiescent state due to some bafflement as to the appropriate method for enlarging upon its chosen task, which is to steal energy from them, but basically to shut down the contact uh, any by any means necessary. Bafflement is both a term associated with um, confusion, obviously, I'm baffled, but uh, it also um, relates to an energy blockage. And Ra had talked about, use the word baffle, if you look at other places in the Law of One series, you'll see the word baffle, I think. Uh, as associated with chakra blockages and so you can say that when we're in confusion um, there's chakra blockage um, at at root cause <clears throat> confusion itself uh, not knowing and there's much 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 not knowing that we experience in this life much more than we realize we don't know we don't know far more than we think we know or Uh, we know very little compared to what can be known that's all chakra blockage and there is energy uh energy circulation uh problem problems with energy circulation associated with confusion just the word the common meaning of the word baffle i'm baffled I, i don't get it and um yeah you're not getting it because we are um blocked in the circulation and um there's obst- obstruction, energy obstruction associated with the mental condition of confusion and and um, not knowing, <clears throat> particularly where we feel that it doesn't make sense, it cannot be. Um, whatever is, um, can be, and has been allowed to be, or allowed to occur, and does make sense. The problem is we can't figure it out, but we can. If you persist long enough, uh, it'll come. So anyway, it's another point that um, there are cycles of psychic attack. And so anybody who knows about this would know, they come and they go. And uh, depending on our state, uh, they are more or less active. Depending on other things with their own life. But... Um, one can be increasingly free of negative attack to the degree that one is increasingly free of lower chakra blockage and to the degree that one is really committed to um, absolutely uncontrolled love-wisdom development. Uncontrolled love-wisdom development means um, I really want to feel whatever I, whatever indeed I'm naturally feeling, I really want to feel it. And whatever the truths are about it, I really want to know it doesn't mean i'm going to say everything doesn't mean i'm going to do everything but it certainly means i don't want to control my mental emotional process inwardly i really want to know my mind and if i fucked up i really want to know and i really want to know why and i really don't want to be that way and if i'm fucked up i want to really admit it and if i can't get out of it okay but uh i'm not pretending um this is uh, confucius talking about this the the, the gentleman the superior man Who's based in sincerity practicing sincerity <laughs> um, leads um, the negatives to be disinterested, and when we're more stuck, they're more active, and when we 're less stuck, um, they go elsewhere and um, Some teachers have understood this very well that and uh, maybe the raw material too <clears throat> don and, and Ra talking about uh, where where there's negative attack. Um, there's chakra blockage, mind distortion, and, and mistaken core, confused core belief. There, there's, there's a problem. Negative attack is the result of, um, mental, spiritual illness, like physical uh, infection, infection by, you know, infectious process in the body is akin to, uh, psychic attack on the astral, mental, emotional. Um, spiritual. So psychic attack is akin to an infectious process in the body uh, that occurs to particularly the mental spiritual complexes. Uh, it's a sign that there's something wrong. And so when the body's strong, infection doesn't occur. Um, when the mind spirit is strong, psychic attack doesn't occur. It actually doesn't occur. They're just not interested. They can't get they they slide off you know the water slides off the lotus and uh, they just can't get what they want <clears throat> like uh, the blood is oxygenated enough uh, they can't live in a high oxygen or a high love wisdom uh, psychic atmosphere so make yourself a, a high love wisdom green blue indigo psychic atmosphere and the negatives will have much less interest 93.3 Thank you, Don says. Uh, question about polarity. He says, the foundation of our present illusion we have stated previously to be the concept of polarity, I would ask that since we have defined the two polarities as service to others and service to self, is there, more, is there a more complete or eloquent or enlightening definition or any more information that we don't have at this time on the two ends of the poles that would give us a better insight into the nature of polarity itself? uh the the polarities the polarity of service to other, service to self, which I think is better termed service to all and service to self, or um, the way of um, love uh, and respect for free will for the benefit of all, service to other, service to all, positive path versus the way of control and domination uh, through deception and force um, with benefit to the self at the expense of all else. Negative path. This is just the two ways of moral polarity in terms of evolution of souls through the densities 3 through 6 under the veil or you know after the veiling. This is the way of mor- moral polarity. <coughs> Evolutionary or soul evolution moral polarity of path there's the polarity of light itself that's different there's the polarity of the octave itself which is ultimately established by the intrinsic polarity of intelligent energy that's different that's the basis of mm, the path you know the morality the the, the polarity of path uh, two paths came out of the the basic polarity of light And that's how light vibrates. That's why light vibrates. That's why it's vibratory. Because there's restlessness. And that's um, love, light. And so Ra explains, uh, 93.3, Ra said, It is unlikely that there is a more pithy or eloquent description of the polarities of third density than service to others and service to self. Due to the nature of the mind-body-spirit complexes, distortions towards perceiving concepts relating to philosophy in terms of ethics or activity. However, we might consider the polarities using slightly variant terms. In this way, a possible enrichment of insight might be achieved for some. One might consider the polarities with the literal nature enjoyed by the physical polarity of the magnet. The negative and positive with their electrical characteristics may be seen to be just as in the physical sense it is to be noted in this context that it is quite impossible to judge the polarity of an act or an entity just as it is impossible to judge the relative goodness of the negative and positive poles of the magnet another method of viewing polarities might involve the concept of radiation absorption <clears throat> that which is positive is radiant that which is negative is absorbent and that's um we talked about this, I've talked about this many, many times over many, many years. Uh, number one, Ra explains why uh, they use the terminology service to other, service to self. Uh, I think they don't use service to all for service to other because um, they want to make the clear distinction of the polarity of other and self. which is not really a polarity, but an apparent polarity, which is not essentially true, um, is um, because of um, their belief (laughs) that uh, mind-body-spirit complexes are 3D beings' mental process um, uh, is most comfortable when discussing philosophy concepts relating to philosophy, in terms of ethics or activity, Uh, meaning uh, the 3D mind is so identified with body and so much believing in the apparent substantiality, solidity of time and space or space, me here, you there, moving empty space, object here, object there with empty space in the middle, And, and that that... That perception, I think, is so strong that um, the easy way into philosophy or abstruse concepts about about anything, really, about creation, on you know, ontology, <clears throat> ontology, the nature of being, the, the way into that is an easy way in, is in terms of physical activity <clears throat> and also in terms of ethics. And ethics is good and bad, right and wrong. And everybody talks about good and bad, but nobody really defines good and bad, by the way. Uh, What is good and bad? (laughs) Good is what I like, bad is what I don't. Oh, okay. Why do you like it? Well, you like it, certainly we like things because we have some physical pleasure. So pleasure is associated with the good. Uh, Pleasure of body or mind or spirit, right? Happiness, pleasure, joy, bliss... Um, so there's um, anything that we like, we call good. <clears throat> but in in Buddhism, the basic understanding of of karma or good and bad karma is skillful, unskillful, beneficial, non beneficial. What is good? Car- what leads to good karma is called good because it um, is to my own long term welfare and benefit. What is to our own long-term welfare and benefit is called good and skillful and acting such is is, uh, moral or skillful, but there are many levels of what a person thinks is good. So there are lots of people who believe that um, all sorts of, um, I mean, those that are service to self or those that are negatively oriented actually believe that they're doing good, or they believe they're doing the right thing. And so they think that uh, what they do is to their own long-term welfare and benefit. They don't realize that it isn't. (laughs) And so it gets very complicated in terms of uh, what is versus uh, how one thinks it is. But um, Raw's certainly saying that They chose those terms because the 3D mind um, has an easy entry into philosophy like the philosophy of soul evolution, the two paths, by way of ethics and physical activity. Okay, but we can go beyond that. There is an electrical or a completely non-personal, impersonal aspect of polarity, uh, which can be understood by the metaphor symbol of the magnet two poles positive negative they're electrical one is mag one you know one pulls and the other one uh, re- re- um, uh what <coughs> uh pushes away one is attractive and one is repulsive so one attracts and one repels okay <coughs> or um uh, in that case, we, one, we can see the transconceptual or transmoral nature of polarity. Transmoral means, as Ross says, it's impossible to judge relative goodness or badness of negative and positive poles of a magnet. Um, the positive attracts and the negative repels, period. That's all. It's not because of long-term welfare and benefit. It's certainly not because of good and bad or sin and virtue. It's just what they do. <clears throat> and actually, that's how Gautama understands karma. Um, you don't know karma. <laughs> he knows karma. And it's beyond everybody who's not in our heart. And from his understanding, uh, certain ways <clears throat> that we would call moral um, lead to long-term welfare and benefit, no matter what you think, whether you like it or not. No matter what you think. It doesn't matter what you think. It matters what is. And so the hope is to conform your thinking to what is, rather than remain in your private uh, delusions. Just like Heraclitus said, you know. The Logos is common to all men, but, but nobody seems to know that. <clears throat> and um, Gautama is speaking about uh, good karma, bad karma, not because they, uh, not out of sin, not, not from a religious viewpoint of sin, but simply what what really will help you and what really won't help you. And so the basis of morality in Buddhism, Panchashila, Five Shila, is that um, if you live in accord with these ethical principles, like uh, right speech, right action, right livelihood, um, you will have good fortune and uh, what you like will come back. Uh, And if you don't, you won't. And so there is a completely um trans moral judgmental transpersonal impersonal universal aspect to polarity the two paths actually the two moral paths of the two paths of soul evolution though they can be seen morally that morality itself comes from uh, an ontological um metaphysical basis that is uh trans-conceptual it's, it's beyond uh, good and evil. It's transmoral. So, morality emerges from the, the pre-moral or the supramoral, right? Duality emerges from unity. Uh, the two paths emerge from the one. Duality emerges, <clears throat> or duality is a distorted appearance of unity. The two paths are a distorted uh, appearance of the one life or the two uh, an appear uh, an apparent du- dyad or polarity of two ways for beings experiencing duality to return to um, a full awareness of unity and so we can see that the um, the moral polarity emerges out of a transmoral um one field or one unified source then In terms of the activity of the two paths, or the two poles, or the two principles of light, or creation and the path, we have radiation absorption. The negative negative, uh, absorbs, positive radiates. So positive radiant means transmission. And um, this is yang. And absorptive is negative, which is yin. Uh, But... (laughs) Uh, you can see how distorted people will say, "Okay, female is negative is absorbent, so women are bad. This is bullshit, obviously, but um humans uh you know <laughs> if there's a distortion there's somebody here who's going to fall into it so um, the yin yang polarity is again coming is um, a way of um conceptualizing the intrinsic um polarity of of intelligent energy which is why it's called love light light love and uh indeed in in terms of activity uh that which is positive radiates not that it can't receive but it it um offers all Uh, raw said things come not to but through the positive server And so, when you hoard, you'll lose if you're on the positive path. And when you give, you'll get even more if you're on the positive path. So, uh, we can reflect on that. 93.4, Don goes on. Now, if I understand correctly, prior to the veiling process, the electrical polarities, the polarity of uh, radiation absorption, all existed in some part of the creation. But the service to other, service to path polarity that we're familiar with had not evolved and only showed up after the veiling process as an addition to the list of possible polarities you might say that could be made in the creation. Is this correct? I said no. It seems reasonable. He's saying prior to the veiling by the solar Logoi at earlier times in the creation in the galaxies. um, Although there was the intrinsic kind of um, ontological polarity of radiation absorption, um, the two paths had not been born. and raw and so it seems reasonable why Ross said no is explained with the next one next answer 935. Don asking for correction raw explains the description of polarity as service self and serves to others from the beginning of our creation dwelt within the architecture of the primal logos, I think that's galactic before the veiling process the impact of actions taken by mind-body-spirits right, no complex, they're not veiled before the veiling process the impact of actions taken by mind-body-spirits upon their consciousness was not palpable to a significant enough degree to allow the expression of this polarity to be significantly useful over the period of what you would call time this expression of polarity did indeed work to alter the biases of mind-body-spirits so that they might eventually be harvested <clears throat> the veiling process made the polarity far more effective um, it's a sort of strange answer uh, Ross seems to be saying that uh, the two paths of polarity serve the other serves the self um, were in were, were <clears throat> existed in potentia in the galactic logos before the solar logos inst- you know brought this uh veiling into 3d physical it was already there but it wasn't manifest then um when there were 3d civilizations that were not yet veiled we have mind-body-spirits not mind-body-spirit complexes they weren't complex yet Uh, their actions or the impact of their actions meaning consequences of how they use catalyst it wasn't there, the impact wasn't uh, differentiated enough in terms of what we would today call positive-negative polarity, was not um, tangible, was not that tangible, it was quite intangible. The morally polarized effects, or the effects upon moral development, moral polarity, were very subtle at that point, but there could have been some so that the expression of this polarity wasn't significantly useful so meaning there wasn't (laughs) there weren't two paths before the valley but there was sort of the the germinal um, mm, precursors of uh, moral polarity already starting to be experienced then over a period of time um, this expression of polarity meaning the two paths uh, or the, um, the, the reality of moral uh, polarity, the reality of, um, uh, of moral choice. And at some level, you can also say, or it seems to me that the negative polarity um, at this time before the two paths probably was associated with non-development, while or non-seeking or non-evolution, um, meaning stasis or the unwillingness to evolve, mind/body/spirit, at that time. Meanwhile, the positive polarity was probably more associated with the willingness to use catalyst and seek and grow and develop. So there were the souls, mind/body/spirits, before the veiling, who took a long, long time to get out of third density, and some took less. And the 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 laggards are um, more associated with the negative path, I would say, or not, you know, it was the pre-polarized precursor, was was a, a subtle precursor manifestation of the negative path at that time, was probably the unwillingness to evolve, while those that were willing, that evolved, obviously, on something closer to what we call a positive path, probably is the precursor to the positive path today. All right. So this is so, so abstruse, and, uh, the point is that polarity, there, there, there were the, um, echoes, <laughs> or, or subtle, subtle intangible bases of polarity, moral polarity and path, uh, already experienced somewhat before the veiling. Then, when there's veiling, it's far more effective, this, um, moral uh, moral, uh, divi- the moral, the moral polarity of soul evolution, uh, was obviously much more. You know, <laughs> was fully flowering after the veiling. So anyway, ninety-three six, on goes on. I might make the analogy then, in that when a polarization in the atmosphere occurs to create thunderstorms, lightning, and much activity, this more vivid experience could be likened to the polarization in consciousness which creates the more vivid experience. Would this be appropriate? Ross said, there is a shallowness to this analogy in that one entity's attention might be focused upon a storm for the duration of the storm. However, the storm producing conditions are not constant, whereas the polarizing conditions are constant. Given this disclaimer, we may agree with your analogy. That's pretty harsh (laughs) reply. You're shallow. That's a shallow analogy. Um, I mean, it seems to me reasonable that um, polarization could be seen as that kind of, um, you know, atmospheric sparking of um, evolution, you know, as sparking of lightning and thunder, uh, as um, the basis for continuing or or as the activation of the seven chakra, seven body. 7 you know, dimensional my mind-body-spirit complex m- moving forward in, in development rather than in stasis. Um, but uh, the reality is that polarizing conditions are constant and so now Ra's really Don was talking about individuals polarizing and Ra's talking about um, cosmic structure in which polarization um, is, is required. For evolution, that's that's constant, uh, even though the logoi, you know, modify the parameters a bit. Anyway, this is like super un, unrelevant But <clears throat> uh, polarity is the name of the game, and that's why you have uh, the yin-yang situation, and um, uh, that's why it's that's why it's called love light, <laughs> not love or light. 93 <coughs> Now we're getting to Tarot. Don says, with the third card, we come to the first edition of archetypes after the veiling process, as I understand it, and I am assuming that this third archetype is, shall I say, loaded in a way so as to create, if possible, polarization, since that seems to be the one of the primary objectives of this particular Logos in the evolutionary process. Am I in any way correct on this? He seems a little off today, or maybe I am, but uh, Ra says, Before we reply to your query, we ask your patience, as we must needs examine the mind complex of this instrument, in order that we might attempt to move the left manual appendage of the instrument, or hand. If we are not able to effect some relief from pain, we shall take our leave. Please have patience while we do that, which is appropriate. S- uh, 30 second pause, they go on, I am Ra, There will continue to be pain flares. However, the critical portion of the intense pain has been alleviated by repositioning. Your supposition is correct. And so, Carla was in intense pain in her left hand, arthritic, and all sorts of uh, other bases, I guess. So, that's one reason that this session maybe seemed off to me. Um, She's not well. So they were going through a hard time, <clears throat> and um, Rod did what they could. So his supposition is correct that <clears throat> uh, card three, catalyst of mind, yes, uh, was added after the veiling. Before the veiling, you have one, two, five only. Uh, matrix potentiator and significator of mind, the three only, one, two, five after the veiling came cards or positions three four six seven uh you, you see um he says it's it was loaded <clears throat> loaded in such a way as to create polarization Look again the archetypes don't create polarization the entity creates their own and so uh, the archetypes don't run the self the self uses The self makes use of this architecture of the deep mind. And yes, indeed, (coughs) one of the primary objectives of uh, the sub-Logos all uh, is soul evolution, right? The original desire is that entities seek and become one. So, the original desire of who? Uh, Certainly, uh, all of the creators up the line, intelligent, infinity, before the Logoi, the Heavenly Father, then... The galactic and the solar logo, uh, which are the word, the name of the Heavenly Father. Exactly as Yeshua said in the Gnostic material. So, (coughs) they certainly um, want uh, evolution. uh, The development of uh, all they are. So, (coughs) uh, yeah, uh, card three was... um, Added after the veil, and now we come into the nature of Catalyst. What is Catalyst? Uh, distinct from experience. <coughs> so Don will now try to look into the nature of the card, and um, we'll see more about how Ra understands the phenomenon, <coughs> the phenomenon of Catalyst. Sorry for my little, little throat there. Don goes on there seems to be no large hint of polarity in this drawing except for the possible coloration of many cups in the wheel part of them are colored black and part of the cup is white Uh, would this indicate that each experience has within it a possible negative or positive use of that experience that is randomly generated by the seeming wheel of fortune I don't know why this sounds like he's talking about the wheel of fortune card Well, um, in the Egyptian deck, there is a circular, uh, it almost looks like sun ray ring, ring of sun rays, um, that begin from her heart and, um, go in a circular way, uh, to her right and left, or front, actually her front and back, and, um, go around the head fully so she's sort of her uh, upper torso and head upper torso through head is ringed by uh, what appears to be sun rays I guess originally they were cups that's the old astrological influence and in Rider weight. in she seems to have four arms in the Egyptian card One is holding a sphere, one is holding a bird, and the other two are in the middle of her chest, like in a prayer position, and she's seated on a black cube, back to the black cube. Uh, Don's asking about these, quote, cups in the wheel, which were taken out in the Egyptian uh, deck, or didn't exist in the Egyptian deck and were added later. Uh, does that have to do with positive-negative use of experience randomly generated? Ross said, your supposition is thoughtful, however it is based upon an addition to the concept complex, which is astrological in origin. Therefore, we request that you retain the concept of polarity, but release the cups from their strictured form. The element you deal with is not in motion in its original form, but is indeed the abiding sun, which, from the spirit, shines in protection over all catalyst available from the beginning of complexity to the discerning mind-body-spirit complex. Indeed, you may, rather, find polarity expressed, firstly, by the many opportunities offered in the material illusion, which is imagined by the not-white and not-dark square upon which the entity of the image is seated. Secondly, upon the position of that seated entity, it does not meet opportunity straight on, but glances off to the side, off to one side or another. In the image, you will note a suggestion that the offering of the illusion will often seem to suggest the opportunities lying upon the left-hand path, or, as you might refer to it more simply, the surface-self path. This is a portion of the nature of the catalyst of the mind. It's a complex philosophical answer so the cups were astrological forget about them however the concept of polarity is in play in this card and in the nature of catalyst that the mind perceives or what the mind perceives to be or experiences as catalyst where well number one there's no motion it's not a wheel turning it's the sun abiding sun right so not a turning wheel but a an abiding sun unmoving radiant what does it mean well the Sun as a physical (laughs) the physical reality of a Sun is itself a manifestation of the spirit complex or a symbol of spirit complex which is a symbol actually of radiant will uh, in terms of uh, first principle for for those who care it shines in protection over all catalysts available from the beginning of complexity Which is really the complexity uh, of mind-body-spirit complex, mind-body-spirit becoming complex after the veiling, from the beginning of the experience of the veiling to the end, uh, there is some kind of protection, um, spirit complex protection over catalyst experience by the mind, for the discerning mind-body-spirit complex, for the discerning entity. So, (laughs) this is really too deep, this stuff. Uh, discerning means wisdom activation, fifth chakra, there's a relationship between fifth chakra and spirit complex that fourth chakra doesn't have. That's why spiritually minded people who are love without wisdom or significantly biased or overbalanced over weighted in love, being naive and um and undiscerning, um lack some power. Power comes on the positive path by um heart based true wisdom the positive use of wisdom but reality based truth or reality based wisdom or truth, wisdom based in truth wisdom based in heartful acceptance of reality Uh, that's the way to power not simply um, uh, doing good or being nice that's fourth ray and so there's they're, they're both necessary but um, there is a link to the spirit complex that happens only when the person is committed to wisdom discernment. That doesn't happen when the person doesn't appreciate uh, wisdom discernment uh, facing the truth, no matter how bitter. Uh, they, don't get, they don't get some access to spirit complex. So, anyway, for the discerning seeker, uh, there is some degree of spirit protection to the catalyst which may it be associated with um, um, the potential inspiration, you know, that, that for the for the entity that seeks discernment or values truth, <laughs> how much do you love truth? So the for the entity that really values discernment, um, there is an intrinsic access to spirit complex that that um, the committed you know that the one that's not committed to truth doesn't have and so the lover the loving person and kindly person doesn't have access to spirit complex as the discerning the the person committed to discernment and and clear seeing and knowing does uh by that access to spirit complex there's almost um i mean what is the nature it's so esoteric I would say that the nature of that protection of the catalyst of mind is for the discerning person only committed to truth, the proximity to spirit complex, and the fact that there's a a kind of intrinsic um, potentiation happening already there, there's an intrinsic the protection is an intrinsic potentiation of mind that's happening in its, in, in the way we meet catalyst. By the fact that we're committed to discernment. Being committed to discernment is a big deal. It's not a little deal. It's a big deal. And um, by proximity to spirit complex from blue, you know, blue indigo. I mean, indigo is not too different than blue, right? It's a whole lot different than green. But blue and indigo are not too far apart. It's just a darker, a deeper blue is an indigo. A deeper discernment um, is realization of the multidimensional is a realization of the metaphysical it's the discernment of what is beyond the discernment of, of concept so fifth ray is discernment of concept Sixth ray is the awareness of of the multi-dimensional and the metaphysical which is a discernment of reality beyond concept so there is this um, mind focusing uh process uh of fifth ray six ray which is really quite distinct from fourth ray which is not a, not a focusing but an opening and surrendering of controlling that's what I think is going on here then uh-huh, uh, this um, Ross saying you can find polarity expressed by many opportunities um, in the physical illusion meaning positive you can go this way or that by this square upon which she's sitting which is not white not dark So the, um, the resonance or association between catalyst that the mind perceives and polarity, um, intrinsic to any meeting of catalyst, meaning any mind reception of catalyst or mind handling of catalyst or what comes up in the mind and what comes to us in the world, um, where the mind is perceiving an opportunity, to do something, or to to figure something out, or to um, make a response—simply the mind registering the potential for response—is <laughs> mind catalyst uh, being met where there's an intrinsic polarity um, where you can go this way or that, where there's a, there's a choice. Uh, uh, the philosophical basis of choice is polarity. The metaphysical basis of mental response ability, which is called choice, right? You you have the ability to respond, obviously, in, in more than one way. Um, its metaphysical basis is polarity. <laughs> so, anyway, um, there are many opportunities in the material illusion, Yeah. Uh, many opportunities for the mind to respond. And thus, the square is not quite white or black. And she's also not meeting opportunities straight on, but she's sitting to the side, or or offset in a strange way, sitting on the square. Uh, and so, you note a suggestion that the offering of the illusion will often seem... So the offering of the illusion, which is... The mind registering uh, potential for reaction and response <laughs> that's called catalyst of mind. that seems to suggest opportunities lying upon the left-hand path or service to self path. Um, the offering of the illusion will often seem to suggest what does it mean? It, it really I think means um, the first response that the mind would make to the registration of 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 a datum to which it can respond is some kind of response for me you know to do something for me how am i going to do it i i i i is the one that has to figure out what how to respond and so that has some affiliation to the service of cell path all right and so that's a portion that, i mean again this is just my take on it right everybody will have different and um we're really getting into the nitty gritty of the the philosophy of uh the philosophy of of what catalyst may may be understood as, and so there's all this uh, you could really go crazy with this stuff, and um I can understand how Don gets into this view of anthropomorphizing catal- uh, the cat the tarot thinking does the catalyst do this and there's who he does this? But, you know, you are not 21 major arcana characters. <laughs> you are the one that has this mind the spirit complex. So, uh, <clears throat> there's all sorts of complexity here. 93.9. The feet of the entity seem to be on an unstable platform that is dark to the rear and light to the front. I am guessing that possibly this indicates that the entity standing on this could sway in either direction, toward the left or the right-hand path, is this in any way correct? Ross said this is most perceptive, so he's right on that. And in the car- in the Egyptian tarot card, she looks like she's her feet are resting on an up up upward facing moon crescent, or a convex or sorry concave crescent moon, upward facing, and Dawn seeing an unstable platform dark dark to the rear, light to the front. I don't see that in the Egyptian, but that may be in his version, but it still seems to be good. Okay. People can, the mind can respond in one of many ways or in many ways to any catalyst that it's registered. Okay, that's fine. 93.10. The bird, I'm guessing, Don goes on, might be a messenger. The two paths depicted by the positions of the wings bringing catalyst, which could be used to polarize on either path. Is this in any way correct? Um, in the Egyptian, uh, she the bird is, seems to be on her one of her hands, but in front of her, bringing catalyst. Is it that as a messenger? We know that was the case. Ross said, it is a correct perception that the position of the winged creature is significant. The more correct perception of this entity and its significance is the realization that The mind-body-spirit complex is, having made contact with its potentiated self, now beginning its flight towards that great Logos, which is that which is sought by the adept. Further, the nature of the winged creature is echoed echoed both by the female holding it and the symbol of the female upon which the figure's feet rest. That is, the nature of catalyst is overwhelmingly of an unconsciousness, coming from that which is not of the mind and which has no connection with the intellect as you see it, or as you call it, which precedes or is concomitant with catalytic action. All uses of catalyst by the mind are those consciously applied to catalyst. Without conscious intent, the use of catalyst is never processed through mentation, ideation, and imagination. You can see why very few people are reading Uh, sessions uh, in the 90s here. It's very sophisticated (laughs) philosophy of tarot and um, archetypal mind. So uh, the position of that bird, winged creature, is important. Ra had said previously it's associated with a messenger or uh, bringing a message. Uh, uh, More correct <clears throat> understanding or another understanding is that the entity, my body spirit complex, having made contact with Potentiated itself, and so at this point we're seeing card three in the um, in in the frame in the perspective of uh, sequentiality. So you can see these cards in many ways. You can see them all as standalone um, nodal. I would say uh, energy and and thought processing nodal points, nodal points in the processing of energy and thought by the seven-dimensional mind-body-spirit complex in 3D. And you can see them as um, sequential in a path of 1 to 22. And so in the sequential perspective, card 3 comes after 2, card 2 being potentiator of mind, uh, we're looking at what happens after the matrix ...hits the potentiator and now gets Catalyst. Uh, meeting Catalyst is coming post-potentiation. Having made contact with the potentiated self... It's, ...you see, now we have potential matrix of mind... ...as a stand-in for the overall mind-body-spirit complex... ...and the potentiator of mind being a stand-in for the potentiation of the self... ...or the the potentiated self... <laughs> or the self after potentiation, so raws mixing. This is all so you know. This is like um, putting a sailboat in a bottle, in a uh, putting a big sailboat in a little bottle. <laughs> Not some people love it, and some people lose it. Uh, I'll try to be somewhere in the middle. Uh, <clears throat> so you can say that. If we look at card three in the sequential perspective, one, two, three, then we're talking about mo- catalyst for the mind or catalyst for the mind body spirit complex. After the matrix is potentiated, this then is associated with beginning the flight towards the great logos, meaning the evolution to harvest ability out of their density or moving towards the adept path. Right? The adept path is very much associated with um, the sequence of one you know, of um, processing catalyst um, from 1 to 7 or moving from 1 to 7 or then 1 to 21, 22. So moving to harvestability at a third density is akin to moving to har- the adept training which is akin to clearing the lower 3 by way of 4, 5 um, working from you know, some integration of chakras 1 through 6 as an adip. All right. Then, the nature of this winged creature, echoed by both the female holding it, uh, meaning the female, the woman, as a... Uh, the, the female characterization of catalyst is, is what's at point here. You know, why is catalyst um, anthropomorphized as a feminine? The symbol of the female... Is the moon crescent upon which her feet rest? So, there's the lunar lunar crescent, her feet are resting on. There's the fact that she's a female. There's the um, association with this gender, female of uh, the catalyst that the mind gets, and a winged creature. Um, The particular resonance with card two, you see, right? The The empress card 4 or card 3 resonates with the High Priestess also a female card 2 so the feminine nature of the unconscious of catalyst meeting a potentiated mind okay Um, the unconsciousness um, is not of the mind it's not of it's not not of the mind it's not of the conscious mind so the unconscious is of the mind, but it's not of the conscious mind. And the conscious mind is very much associated with the intellect. And people who are on the left-hand path, serve sort of the self, don't have much more than intellect. They have a great intellect, but they have no intuition, or they can't do heart-knowing. They're Dajjal, one-eye-blind. Islamic Dajjal, antichrist, one-eye-blind. Uh, because uh, too much potentiation of mind is dangerous for them, they may end up opening their heart. And so, control, control uh, is the way of the intellect. And people who are bound, heavily overweighted intellect over intuition or heart knowing um, generally go serve the self. Uh, and um, have uh, fucked up sexuality, <laughs> to be crude about it. Meaning, um, serious male female uh, internal uh, gender uh, conflict. Internal Uh, They they have real sexual stuff. I mean, service people on the negative path have real sexual issues generally. They don't know loving sex or loving sexuality generally because of some very serious uh, male-female deep mind conflict and uh, psychopathology of uh, gender in deep mind, whatever their sexuality may be. Um, their their notion, their sexual experience, their sexuality is generally highly distorted um, because of basically uh, heart versus intellect, or heart knowing versus intellect um, conflict and dichotomy. They can't open to the feminine. They can't open the heart. They they're very imbalanced because of. Uh, requirements of the negative path and the way that needs to be totally in control all the time. So, anyway, um, the uh, nature of catalyst is overwhelmingly of an unconsciousness. And so, it doesn't just mean that um, potentiation is uh, developed by the conscious mind seeking within to know. But um, there's some resonance between the nature of catalyst itself and uh, the subconscious, or not the conscious mind. Um, And and this subconscious precedes or is concomitant with catalytic action. It's almost like um, what the mind perceives as catalyst, because what the hell is catalyst anyway? (laughs) It's what the intellect perceives as catalyst. A, an unveiled mind didn't experience card three, meaning before there was a veil, there was no card three, and, um, catalyst itself is a kind of fiction, actually, uh, this is all very subtle, meaning, um, the mind registers a catalyst, um, and believes and, and experiences choice. But actually, um, Ra said, the crystallized healer has no will. The adept, in some way, uh, experiences life beyond choice, but lives in the Tao, in the way, the choiceless, the pathless path. And so, this whole notion of choice, this whole notion of catalyst bringing choice, response potential uh, to make choice, is the result of ignorance of idya and not seeing reality. So there's something illusory about catalyst anyway. But, and that's why Ra says, all uses of catalyst by mind are consciously applied to catalyst. Without conscious intent, the use of catalyst is never processed through mentation, ideation, imagination. That's very tautological. Uh, The conscious mind that recognizes something called that it recognizes choice point. Choice point is catalyst. Choice point is the registration of phenomena that um, offers the potential of choice in response. Cho- Choice-based response. That's that's a conscious mind recognition. The conscious mind recognizes, oh, a thought. You know, a feeling arises in my body. <laughs> that whole thing is already heavily is a mental process. Oh, there's a feeling in my, there's a sensation in my, uh, in my right knee. What will I do? Uh, That itself is heavily uh, determined by mentation, ideation, imagination, even before response is generated. And so uses of catalyst, and I would just say the, the very mental recognition of phenomena that could be called catalyst, is consciously applied to the catalyst, or is a conscious application? Is a mental, uh, a mental um, dance? <laughs> the mental uh, fluctuation, the uh, monastic flow, the uh, chitta is disturbed. A disturbance of chitta, <laughs> of mental uh, substance, mental body substance itself. Um, that disturbance is associated with a recognition or a belief that there is such a a phenomena arising called catalyst. The enlightened one doesn't even see phenomena arising and passing away, or they know that it's illusory. It's sunya and it's anatta. So (laughs) we're trying to explain um, the illusory in a more sophisticated metaphysical way without breaking it out into um, non-dual trans-conceptual understanding. (laughs) You know, we're trying to keep the line here. So, all use of catalyst by mind, how the mind does, works with or responds to, is consciously applied to catalyst, and I would say um, born of some uh, sense that um, something just happened. (laughs) Now, of course, we can always... Are you crazy? Of course something happened. I heard your voice before I didn't hear your voice. However, however, your doors of perception are not totally clean. Um, When the doors of perception are cleansed, we perceive reality as infinite. Um, This is prior. And so, uh, the need for conscious intent uh, is critical. Or the conscious mind disturbance... (laughs) The disturbed citta uh, is critical to recognize a phenomena as catalyst and consider choice. And that's all done by processing of mentation, ideation, and imagination. Concept- it's samskara. So basically, the phenomena is recognized as catalyst by the fourth skanda samskara, sankara, meaning there's a fabrication process going on. The, the skinny of it is, there's a mental fabrication process going on even in the registration that something is uh, a phenomenon is arising that we could be called called catalyst before there's even a response and a fashioning called experience so uh, there's something profoundly um, uh, unknown (laughs) or unknowable about catalyst and that's why I think there's the female uh, figure and that's the resonance with card two, the unconscious or uh, high priestess. All right, now you're totally, thoroughly confused. Uh, <clears throat> and I think, yeah, let, let me just take a couple more here. Sorry, 93.11, Don goes on, I would like, if possible, an example of the activity we call catalyst of the mind, like what is it, in an a particular individual undergoing this process. Could Ra give an example of that? Ross said, all that assaults your senses is catalyst. We, in speaking to the support group through this instrument, offer catalyst. The configurations of each in the group of body offer catalyst through comfort discomfort. In fact, all that is unprocessed, that has come before the notice of your mind spirit complex, is catalyst. So, (laughs) the unenlightened, avidya-based mind, the being that is not yet fully enlightened, uh, perceives what we're calling catalyst as that which is recognized as assaulting our senses or coming into uh, contact by the six senses, the five physical and the one mental. So what the unenlightened mind <laughs> uh, deems sensory contact called assaulting your senses, we're here calling catalyst. That's simple. Not yet processed, but you see, even that um, perception of assaulting my senses, or even that experience of sensory contact, is based in ignorance, meaning uh, on enlightenment. The enlightened one doesn't have this experience at all. Then, Ra gives examples. Ra's speaking to the group through the Karla. that could be called catalyst, right? It's verbal, mental, you know, auditory, auditory and mental sense, hearing and thinking of a concept. Configurations of group, each in the group of their body, meaning their body conditions, the sensations of their body, offer catalyst through comfort, discomfort, whatever. All that's unprocessed. So catalyst is intrinsically unprocessed. I would say, though, that there is a, a, a vidya-based processing <laughs> to the unenlightened mind that uh, leads it to even designate phenomena as catalyst. Or... There is a there is a subconscious. There is a very subtle processing going on uh, for the being to have six senses, for the being to experience differentiated body mind senses. It it itself is the result of processing as the result of, vid, of vidya and ignorance. So, but anyway, in a more less uh, philosophical perspective, uh, whatever we could say comes to our Notice is catalyst, but it's not yet fashioned. You say it's basically raw sensory, five senses, body contact, and uh, idea. But you see, even there, there's there's been processing that's very already occurred. Finally, ninety three twelve, and I'll just we can't really find a good break here. But um, next week we'll pick up. Uh, with this in this zone of ninety three eleven twelve thirteen. Finally, uh ninety three twelve, Don goes on then presently we receive catalyst of the mind as we're aware aware of Ra's communication, and we receive catalyst of the body as our body senses all of as our body senses all of the inputs to the body, as I understand it. But could Ra then describe catalyst of the spirit? Um, and are we at this time receiving that catalyst also? And if not, could Ra give an example of that? Ra said, catalyst being processed by the body is catalyst for the body. Catalyst being processed by the mind is catalyst for the mind. Catalyst being processed by the spirit is catalyst for the spirit. An individual, mind-body-spirit complex, may use any catalyst which comes before its notice, be it through the body and its senses or through mentation, mentation meaning mental activity, or through any other more more highly developed source, such as a spiritual, and use this catalyst in its unique way to form an experience unique to it with its biases. And so, um, and then finally, 93.13, Would I be correct in saying that the archetype for the catalyst of the mind, Empress, Is the Logos, the Logoic model, for its most efficient plan for the activity or use or action of the catalyst in the mind? I said, yes. (laughs) Okay. So, it's most efficient plan. It's the most efficient processing node for uh, use or action or, um, you know, working with what the mind perceives as catalyst. So, the point is simply that... um, sensations in the body to the extent that the body are processing um, is catalyst of body and catalyst processed by mind or spirit is therefore called quote catalyst of mind or spirit the point is that the archetypes exist in the mind and so um, the cards that are associated with catalyst of body and spirit um, are experienced by the mind now, there is body processing that is unconscious or non-conceptual. Likewise, spirit complex processing that is not associated with the mind. Uh, that's also what Ross is talking about. Uh, those more subtle levels of processing uh, which are not done by the mind. But there's also the mind doing its processing of experience or catalyst of body and spirit. All right. So... Uh, so meanwhile, an entity individual mind body spirit complex may use any catalyst which becomes before comes before its notice meaning is aware by the mind through the body and the body senses or by the mind or by some spiritual thing and and as always we use catalyst uniquely we form experience from it and that's unique too and we have our own biases okay so uh, we'll get more into this next time and try not to below any circuits Uh, um, just bear in mind that um, there's a distinction between sensory contact including mental sense like somebody says I hate you or I love you Um, in Buddhism that's called mental contact or the the mind sense having the experience of contact Uh, by auditory, right? The the ear gets contact with the sound and the mind translates it to the word, to the meaning, and then there's reaction. Uh, mm, There's a deconstructive process that meditators understand. When you move into samadhi, there's the deconstruction of um, unrecognized uh, fashioning in response to phenomena, which is called catalyst. And so... There are more subtle ways of understanding catalyst uh, uh, than our typical um, concept based um, fashioning interpretations and um, what's happening to us in in life in reality is quite distinct from our experienced uh, experience of it which is a fabricated, fashioned uh, mental conglomerate a- as our response, which may be more or less distorted, or maybe not so distorted, but is still distinct from um, the, the essential reality of phenomena or phenomenological contact uh, of mind-body um, pre-fashioning, um, pre-formation of experience. Anyway, it's all very subtle. Next time, we'll get further into this and finish session 93, uh, starting on 93.14. So, thank you for being here. I hope it wasn't too pedantic. Uh, Take good care of yourselves. See you next time, and good night.